The Ectoplasm Show is brought to you by North KC's Big Rip Brewing Company. Lighten up dark matter, have a craft beer. Hello and welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. I am Jason Kupsik. I hope you guys are doing well. I do have a couple announcements to make today. I'm going to be bringing on a couple of new co-hosts that are going to fill in here and there. I don't think I've had one of them on the show before. His name is Shane Coffey. He is a good friend of mine in the outdoor community, and he's also been in the paranormal community. He wants to start his own podcast, and I said, well, why don't you come on and co-host with me once a month or so? And so he's going to do both. So he will be joining me soon. I actually might be going to meet him this afternoon and record a little bit of something to introduce him. The other one we have had on the show before, a long time ago. I'm going to look it up right now while I talk about this. His name is Xavier. And I might be doing a new podcast with him as well. But I want to keep Ectoplasm Show going. We had him in 2016. Wow, that was a long time ago. Six years ago, Xavier the Cryptid Hunter. Well, he's going to be joining me for some episodes as well here and there and he is also wanting to start his own podcast and i am going to co-host that with him i don't have a name on that yet we just we talked about it before but we were just now talking about it yesterday as of this recording that there was some miscommunication and we both thought the other one kind of decided not to do it but Look for that coming soon. I will be having them on on a regular basis so we can get back to regular episodes. Um, yeah, you know, Miss Josh, he's you know he's just been unpredictable lately. I don't have an excuse for that. Um, it is what it is, but I'm gonna keep the show going with. With or without him, I still think he still wants to be a part of the ectoplasm show. He's definitely, I don't think he's going to be able to do every week like I had hoped and he had hoped. But I think I'll just rotate through co-hosts. And my goal is to get back to the way the ectoplasm show used to be years ago, where we had at least a topic episode every week and then a news episode. I don't know if I want to do news every week or I have some ideas on changing that up. I will probably do some news episodes. I am thinking about doing vintage, some vintage news episodes, finding old news articles from the early 1900s 
through to the early 20th century about paranormal odd things. I've actually been wanting to do a podcast just that for a couple years now, and it just never happened, so I might as well put it into this show. Also, Ecto Plus over on our Patreon kind of fell apart. You guys know why. I don't want to make excuses for it. But I did lower the price. I lowered it down to $3 a month. If you are a Patreon member now and you want to adjust it down to, or if you, you, what you'll need to do is you'll need to go in and at least select the tier because I deleted the old tier. And if you want to adjust it down to $3 a month, that's more than fine. If you want to leave it at what you're already donating, that's, you know, that's cool too. And that will be mainly exclusive content that I'm working on. I don't want to give that out yet until I have it set. But thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's been rough. It's been rough on me trying to figure this out. I don't want to let the show go, and I'm not going to let it go. So look for Xavier, Shane. I'm also going to have Larry back. I've had him on before. He actually just put out a new book about the Black Eyed Kids. So very soon I'm going to interview him on that and talk about Black Eyed Kids. i got a few other interviews lined up. One with a shaman. That's going to be very interesting. I don't have that date set up yet, so look for that. And the other one is on the Beatty Mansion, which is in St. Joseph, Missouri very historic old building that should be fun too i'm going to be doing that interview and investigation on site so that should be a great episode anyways go to podbelly.com check out our network podbelly.com and go listen to the other shows on there like the sofa king podcast which they are founding members along with us on podbelly.com so I want to talk about UFOs today, and one in three people believe they've seen a UFO, according to a new survey. So let's look at this. Independence Day has forever tied aliens to the 4th of July. Now, a new survey has found that many people think they've seen an actual UFO flying over their city. In fact, 37% claim they've witnessed something out of the ordinary taking place in the sky. While 35% convinced themselves it was just an optical illusion, nearly half the poll, 45%, say they believe in aliens and UFOs for as far back as they can remember. One in four people call themselves true believers in extraterrestrial life. I'm going to stop right there because in the first paragraph of this article, they went ahead and just tied aliens into UFOs. And I don't think that's fair, as you guys know. It's a UFO until it's identified. It has nothing to do with aliens other than the popular culture putting them together. It could have something to do with aliens. But it doesn't have to have anything to do with aliens. Anyways, the survey of 2,000 adults in the United Kingdom commissioned by Beavertown Brewery to celebrate World UFO Day, which was July 2nd. I was not aware of that. Maybe I should pay better attention to that. 
also found that a third want to believe aliens are out there despite not having any facts to back it up, blah, blah, blah. In the absence of real spacecraft flying over our head and saying hello, I'm pretty sure the American government, this is out of London, but I'm pretty sure the American government has admitted to UFOs. Obviously, they don't say that they're spacecraft, but they don't know what it is. 36% say they get their information about aliens and UFOs from documentaries. Another 24% say their info comes from the internet. And 22% rely on family and friends. Just like the saying on X-Files, 43% believe the truth is out there. With that in mind, one in three say they actively go looking for UFOs. And the same number have come up with their own stories for an unexplainable event they've witnessed. Of uh, one in four responders think their hometown is an alien hotspot when it comes to unusual sights in the sky. In the UK, London tops the list of UFO hotspots. Although a strange sighting may make for some interesting coffee talk, not everyone wants to share their experiences with the paranormal. Only 3 in 10 say they openly talk about UFOs, while 4 in 10 refer to keep their theories about aliens to themselves. I'm going to stop reading that right now. What do you guys think? I think that the way that this article is written just shows how the, you know, quote-unquote, rest of the world still views it as a whole it's just a joke and i that's i get it i understand their viewpoint if they um haven't seen anything but the closed-mindedness is a little on the nose in this article but i'm gonna talk about my own ufo sightings so i've seen several including recently my very first paranormal experience that i've ever had i ever had in my life was a ufo when i was seven years old now if you guys are longtime listeners of the show you've probably heard these stories before but i'm going to tell them anyways because it's fun and it's content so when i was seven years old well, in my, in my childhood, every summer, we would go down to the Lake of the Ozarks in central Missouri for a week at a cabin on the lake. And, you know, we had a boat. We'd take it out, go fishing, and just pretty much spend the week at the lake. One year, when I was seven or eight, I was in the back of my dad's Suburban on the way down there. And we must have gotten a late start for some reason, even though it was summer, it was dark out. So it had to be around 9 or 10, and we were on our way down there. I think we were close to getting there, but we weren't quite there yet. And I was laying down, so it was me, my brother, and my two, and my parents, and... I was laying down on one of the bench seats in the back of the Suburban. And looking up at the sky, I saw a very bright star. And then that star started doing things that stars don't do. 
and that planes don't do, even today, that I know of, anyways. It was zipping around in the sky doing 90, 45-degree turns without slowing down or stopping. It was just immediate, zip, 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 back and forth. And it wasn't like it was the shaking of the vehicle that was making it. It was going all around the sky. And I watched it for a couple minutes at least, and I didn't say anything. When I was a kid, I didn't know what I was looking at. And it was kind of quiet in the suburban anyways. There was music playing, I think, over the radio, probably country because that's what my dad listened to. And I watched it for a couple minutes, and it kind of zoomed off. And I never really brought that up until I was an adult, but I, I, that's around the same time that I started really diving into checking out books on paranormal and weird things. I don't know if I had read any books about UFOs or Bigfoot or Loch Ness Monster before that. I feel like it started after that, but it's been so long now. I mean, it was over 35 years ago, or over 30 years ago. So, I don't know. I don't know if I had an inkling of an interest before I saw that, or if it just started after that. But that's my first UFO experience. My second UFO experience was out in Colorado, in a town called Golden. And I was 18. I just moved out there to go to school. I lived in Denver, but, you know, as any college student, I didn't have a whole lot of money, so I'd go drive into the mountains on the weekend. And this time I ended up, if you guys are familiar with the Denver area in Golden, which is a suburb that's within the foothills, so there's kind of like hills in between the main part of Denver and Golden. And on the western side of golden there is a mountain with the letter m on it and that m is for the school that's in golden which is for miners um like working in mines not like underage kids but up top there is a grave for the a famous cowboy. I'm questioning myself. I think it's Boone. I'm looking up real quick. I want to make sure I'm right on um, cowboy grave. Buffalo Bill. Sorry, I was wrong. It's the Buffalo Bill Museum and Grave. It's at the top of the mountain there, which is kind of a like a lookout over the entire city of Denver. And if you've never been to Denver before, from the foothills east, it's completely flat. Like it's you can see for miles and miles past Denver from up there, and it's just flat desert, high desert kind of land. And I was up there one night, and I was the only one up there, and I just parked, and I went and sat on the overlook and was just sitting out there on a rock, just watching the sky. And on the other side of Denver, was this, in the sky, was this really long row of lights. 
and there was probably 30, 50 lights on it. And it kind of had an outline of a long cigar or side of a, you know, like a disc. And I could make out a little bit, but I definitely could make out the lights. And it was massive. It was like a quarter to a third of the size of the city. But it was on the other side of the city, sort of to the north of I-70. And I just sat and watched it kind of float away. Like, it took its time. It was moving east, so it was floating away from where I was. I didn't have, I mean, I had the reference of the city, but it's really hard to say the size, but it looked massive. It looked huge. Like it was like a mothership kind of just floating out there silently moving. None of of the lights changed. It didn't seem to turn. It just floated away. And that's the second UFO I've ever seen. The third, the third UFO that I saw was also in Colorado and it was like a month or a month and a half after the first experience I had drove up into the mountains I believe I was around Nederland which has a great uh, story about it as well the frozen dead guy that lives there but I was in that general area I wasn't in Nederland but I was in that general area And a lot of times what I do is I drive out into the mountains, just drive on random roads and park where I felt like I could go hike. And it wasn't always a park, but there were usually trails leading out from any spot you pulled over. So I, I stopped at this one place and hiked up a hill. It was a mountain. I hiked around the mountain and I ended up back in this back area where I couldn't see the road anymore and I couldn't see really anything but other mountains and I was on a ridge and I was kind of I was on the north side of a, of a mountain I don't know what mountain it was it's not like the trail was marked and there was a spring up there and I was coming up to the spring and to the west I saw this pyramid shape in the sky this like rainbow reflection coming off of a pyramid shape in the sky and it it was it could have been 10 15 20 miles away it was really hard to judge how far it was I couldn't hear anything I couldn't really judge how high it was in the air or how big it was I mean I could see how high it was in the air but it wasn't directly over me it was miles away to the west And it was just, it was moving from north to south, and it was spinning slowly, but it was a pyramid shape. Like, it looked like a mirrored, reflective pyramid with panels on it, and it slowly spun as it was moving from the north to the south, and it was giving off this, like, rainbow reflection from the sunlight. And I watched it for several minutes. I don't know how long. I There was nobody around me. And I probably watched it for, I felt like 10 minutes. It could have been less. 
but I watched it move across the sky from the north to the south, and then it got to a point where it went to the south, and I was on the northern ridge of a mountain, so it just went on the other side, and I couldn't see it anymore. And there's no sound to it, no no exhaust, no, it didn't seem to be pro- you know, have any propulsion of any kind that I could see, and it was spinning. So it's one of the, obviously it's the most profound UFO I've ever seen. I've seen some other weird things in the sky since, but it wasn't quite like that. Now, I've heard of other UFOs kind of like that, but not in Colorado. Like the Rendlesham Forest UFO incident which we should do a whole episode on, was was really close to that, actually. But I didn't actually know about the Rendlesham Forest. I knew about it, but I didn't really, like, study it until after that. You know, because I had checked out UFO books when I was a kid and read about them. But most of the 90s, which this was 2001, but most of the 90s, no, this was, this was 2000. So the end of year of year 2000, like the latter half of 2000, but most of the nineties I spent like researching conspiracies. So I had dug into some UFOs when I was a kid up until I was early teenager, but I don't remember specifically reading about Rendlesham Forest, even though I knew that I must've having read books at the time about ufo sightings it's one of the most well-known ufo sightings there ever were but this after after the fact after i was looking into more ufos i found that that ufo that i saw looked very similar to the rendlesham forest case now after that i've seen a couple other little lights in the sky and you know i talk about how um, over the last three years, I actively go out with friends and we sit in fields or wherever we are and watch the sky and hope to see UFOs or anything really. And just, you know, relax, have a good time. And we've seen some strange lights, some strange things that I can't quite explain. No impressive UFOs, nothing that anybody outside the field would, would find even really interesting, but I randomly saw a UFO in a friend's backyard a couple months ago now. It was April. April or beginning of May. I'm not quite sure, but it was when I first got laid off from the job that I had before, which was mid-April, so it would have been end of April, beginning of May. There's Oklahoma. It was in outside, you know, we were in Enid, Oklahoma. And I was in my friend's backyard trying to call my wife on the phone. And I look up, and it's probably 10, 30, 11 on a Monday. Maybe 11.30. I don't think it was quite midnight yet. And just floating across the sky over the city. It was lit up by the city lights, by the light pollution. There was no light coming from it. It looked like... Uh, it's it's hard to describe. It was white. It looked like, you know how a garbage, not a garbage bag, but a, like a grocery bag can kind of tumble in the wind 
it looked like that, but huge. And it wasn't a balloon or, or it wasn't like a grocery bag or, or even like a tent or, or something caught up by the wind. One, because there was no wind. Which is really strange because anybody in the Midwest or in Kansas or Oklahoma region over the last six months has known that it's just been crazy windy nonstop. But this day, this night, there was no wind at all. And it was moving in a perfect line from the south to the north over, straight over downtown Enid, Oklahoma. And it was probably only a few hundred feet up, maybe 500 feet up. And I found a few photos online that look like it. There was a sighting in uh, Brazil and a sighting in California that looked almost exactly like this because there were photos of it. And I'll try to put that in the show notes or I'll post it online on our social media. But yeah, that was just uh, just two months ago. And I'm the UFO thing is is getting massive, like it always kind of has been. But I think I'm going to start focusing some of my content on just on UFOs. I don't know. What do you guys think? So that's my UFO stories, and I hope to have a lot more in the future. A part of me is like. Do I really want to be crazy and go out? I'm the type of person that goes by himself and might get abducted. And yeah, then I'll have a hell of an experience. Anyways, thanks guys. Uh, stick around for more ectoplasm show coming soon. I will see you guys soon. Have a good evening. Peace out. Oh, that's Josh's line. Sorry, Josh. Thank you.